0: Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to bluenile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping. Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's bluenile.com. Bluenile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare.
1: hi everyone welcome to another summer bonus episode of this little intermediary period I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kira last week really two weeks ago in the last episode um, she's one of my favorite people in the dating expert space and so if you are looking for um, you know a different person to learn from as I'm transitioning my business I can't recommend her work enough um, and regardless if you begin to follow her I highly highly recommend listening to the interview um, that I did with her last week again it's just this episode right above this one um she truly is she's so smart um and uh yeah I, I wholeheartedly fullheartedly trust her um, and the episode is just really important to listen to for for singles and for people who are dating. Um, because we talk a lot about how we got to the state of dating right now. Um, so, she actually has a little bit more of a historical knowledge around dating than I do. So, I learned a ton and it really made a lot of sense as to where we are now, why dating's broken, and what you can do to, um, you know, be a part of the solution. Um, so, really, really important episode, I think. And then we also talk about online dating. Um, and I've I've said this before, we have different opinions about online dating. Um, And regardless of our difference in opinions, I think though what she talked about is really important information for you to know, um, just so you can be smart about online dating and use it to you know the best you can, and also most importantly, to stay safe. Um, so just make sure you listen to that episode. It doesn't have to be before this one by any stretch. Um, just put it like in your play next queue or whatever on whatever app you're listening to. And I, I definitely think it'll be well, well worth your time. And honestly, like we could have kept talking. Um, she's just one of those, uh, friends like that. Um, and they're the best. Okay, so this week, um. This episode is a little bit different. So, I was on Kira's podcast. She has a podcast called Reinventing Dating. I was on her podcast probably around the time this is released, maybe about six weeks ago or so. And she had me on her show to talk all about money and dating and relationships and money. (laughs) Um, And uh, I can definitely jam out about that. And so, regardless of whether or not you are, you know, not dating anyone, just had a first date, on a fifth date, five years in, whatever it is. Um, I think what I share is pretty important stuff, so I wanted to air this episode um, onto you know my podcast just to give again give you some bonus content while I'm in this in between stage. Um, And also, you know, to give you another introduction to Kira, although I'm the one in the hot seat. So it's always kind of fun. You know, when you I I listen to a podcast and, you know, I'm used to the host being the host. And then if I see them on another podcast and they're the guests and the interviewee, it's just interesting the difference in the energy. So you'll get to hear that. Um, Anyways, I think you'll like this episode. Um, You know, it, it obviously is about my new wheelhouse money, but it's combining my two wheelhouses, money and love. And um, it's important information, I think, that everyone should know. Um, And I think that there is a misunderstanding or is it a myth, a misunderstanding? I'm not really sure. But I think a lot of especially women are kind of socialized to believe that money is taboo or makes you greedy if you want more of it. Or like if you loan someone money and then you want to be paid back, uh, which is a reasonable thing to want like it's it's wrong or greedy or shallow of you to you know ask for it you know things like that right and so I think because of like this like ickiness around money especially when it comes to dating and relationships and intimacy and all those things um it becomes this topic of like oh well you know we have to talk about that later that's a more serious topic that's a deeper topic and yeah when you're talking about some money conversations for sure like that's definitely going to some money conversations like around like hey how much do you actually make like uh, do you have debt? Like that kind of stuff. Sure, that is probably not the best conversation in the world for the first date. Um, But money conversations can happen, and in my opinion, should happen. Um, I mean, first few dates at the latest, but even possibly before the date. Because here's the thing. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to get in. We're just going to go right to the interview because I'm already getting into what I talked about. So I don't. Want, I don't want you to hear it twice. So without further ado, let's get to kira interviewing me about dating and relationships and money you guys i am so
2: excited today i have veronica grant she is an amazing woman coach confidant colleague i have a shit ton of respect for her and i have even more respect for what we're going to talk about today which is something that i know jack shit about so that's why we try to bring out other people (laughs) But we're going to talk about finances and why that's important to think about before we start dating, while we're dating, and, and what do we need to know. So welcome, Veronica.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and I could talk about money all day long. So not that we'll do that all day long but
2: (laughs) and that's and 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 that's okay because that's the type of people I like who want to who basically could talk about their topic for like three days straight I'm the same way right yeah I
1: would I would like still be talking and everyone else would be like you know, pass out fast asleep. And I'd be like, guys, don't you want to hear about 401ks and the difference between that and a Roth? And like, what you want to do? <laughs> and be like, no. And I'm, I'm like, done. no.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but here's what I know, and like that, we don't talk about enough, which is a lot of times when we jump into relationships, a lot of times when we get excited and the chemistry and everything else that's happening, we we can sometimes move in very quickly. We can sometimes yeah. even, I mean, I see people who have bought Houses with people that they barely know. And then they are fucked. Yeah. They are fucked because, like, there's something about that trust and that chemistry and that belief that you're in love that we make decisions that are sometimes not long term smart. So, Mm -hmm. the first question, like I said, is what do we need to think about before we're even dating people about, you know, finances and what we should be thinking about and looking for? Talk to me.
1: Well, I think like many things before you date you've got to have right relationship with money with yourself right and i think a lot of times people interpret that as oh i need to have my debt paid off or i need to own my own house or whatever tangible you know hard aspects we can think of when it comes to money and like look if those are goals of yours like by all means like keep going at them um but i think you can think of those goals outside of the context of like that being some sort of like mile marker saying you're ready to date or not date I think what's more important is the more soft aspects to money the intangible aspects so what is your relationship with money like do you get all queasy and like oh every time you log into your bank account or do you just not log into your bank account at all <laughs> um, I mean I
2: hope we're not personally asking me because
1: <laughs> no 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 I'm not personally
2: asking <laughs> I'm like I don't <laughs> want to be outed on this podcast um,
1: oh Also, you know, other other things to look at is, you know, to in my opinion, money is an extension of our values, right? Like we can literally use money to create not just the lifestyle and the life like an individual person wants, but like what you want the world to look like. And I know that sounds like maybe a little Pollyannish, but rich people do this all the time in the form of political donations. And so Regular old people can do that in much smaller scales as well in your own neighborhoods and communities and towns that you that you live in. So, is there an alignment between where you're spending your money and what your values are for both yourself and then also your larger community? Um, and then I think also having your money story cleared, um, which I'm, I'm sure do I
2: have a money story. I'm sure I do.
1: Yeah, like sure do. how is money talked about or not talked about? In right. your home growing up and so we all heard these adages like "money doesn't grow up on trees or money makes the world go round or money is the root of all evil or money's necessary uh, necessary evil um like what do you think i'm made out of money like if you're right asked, if you ask your parents for something like that and these things seem innocent and maybe just like well that's just how it is enough however they can have a huge impact on how you treat money and how you treat yourself with your money as an adult. So for example, if you always heard, what do you think I am, made of money or money doesn't grow on trees, like those kinds of comments, then you might as an adult get to a place where like, I can't spend money on myself other than my necessities. Like that makes, that's wrong for some reason. You might have the specific beliefs depending on your background um, or your upbringing, but that will absolutely impact you today. And that can affect your literal bottom line. Absolutely. Um, And also can it just affect how you feel about yourself, like not being valuable or worth it enough to you know, buy yourself a goddamn bouquet of flowers at Trader Joe's and you go like, you know
2: what I mean? (laughs) I I mean, I I don't know if you know, Veronica, my love for Trader Joe's, but it is deep (laughs) and it is wide. And there's like, I literally say I love Trader Joe's every single day. But I, I think you're just making such great points of just like, number one, I think we use sometimes like, I have to have my debt paid off. I have to have this, this and this in a perfect place before I get into a relationship or before, and we use that as just another way to, to maybe procrastinate. Uh, yeah, exactly yeah, Pro- or procrastinate avoid, yeah. going after a relationship or going yeah. after, you know, so that's one thing. And just kind of like, if that's a goal, great, but that's not necessarily true or or important in in starting a relationship just having yeah, like, and, a and plan the thing is like and, you
1: can always move the goalpost back right and like at least in my world ideally you always have new money goals <laughs> right so this is like a never ending game <laughs> absolutely
2: um, but I you know, know that I sorry what are we gonna say no I was just gonna say I didn't mean, I know that you're right about money stories because I'm from a small town in Wisconsin right I am uh, you know, my parents were teachers. We did not have a ton of money, most of my grandparents were teachers. So we were just kind of like a lower middle class, but we're from, since we were from a small town, we were probably more middle class. But I know for a fact that I still struggle with how and when to spend money because of just that culture around me of like yeah. here's what we spend money on and here is not what we spend money on or you never want to look like you know you've spent a certain amount of money like that doesn't look good to, to neighbors and that doesn't you know what I, and it's just yeah. it's very interesting even on in my business what I feel comfortable charging or what I feel comfortable versus somebody who maybe grew up in New York and there's just knowledge or foundation of this is what people pay and this is what people don't like I still struggle with that just because it was so like, you know, this is, this is what you do with money. Money is, you know, necessity, um, but it's not good. Right. And, and, and people who have it, uh, you know, take advantage of others and and things like that. And I've had to work through that, some of that, and some of it I'm still working through.
1: Yeah. Me too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) It's, it's deeply ingrained. And, and I guess, I guess to clarify, um, not to say that you have to have all of your intangible, money shit in order before you date going back to the original question because again like it is like it's it's a journey and like when will we get there who knows um but i do think that it's important to gosh i i um i don't have like a set like you need to feel exactly this way because i mean that's impossible to have that kind of standard but it certainly needs to be strong enough within yourself to where you're not swayed or easily manipulated or um don't have like any like legs to stand on when you do talk about money right with someone you're dating or a new partner or or whatnot. Um, because if you've never thought about your money in a kind of like this sense that we're talking about here. And then all of a sudden you get into a relationship with someone who sees money as a completely different way. Like maybe they just like blow money all the freaking time. And you're like, that doesn't feel right, but I can't exactly say why. And I also don't feel comfortable (laughs) saying why. That's going to create some conflict. But if you've done your own work and you have at least like the tools and some of the language um, around this, then you can say, hey, like this kind of spending doesn't make me feel very comfortable, but I recognize that you might like to spend your money here, whereas I don't. So let's find something where we both feel like we're getting those needs and wants met. Right.
2: I, I bet you have thoughts about this and I don't mean to like, I like to keep, I like to keep things positive, but is there anything or any behavior that we should be watching for, right? If we meet somebody and I realize maybe we all spend money a little differently or we all learned about money a little differently, but is there something where you're like, okay, if you start dating somebody and these are some clear signs, that's, that's possibly a, a, a red flag or even emotional unavailability. You're just not ready for a relationship.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's a great question. So there's two categories to this. There's the ones that you can see in plain sight and then the ones you can't. Right. right. Like if you Google like top 10 financial red flags, which I did the other day because I was curious <laughs> what was out there. <laughs> how was um, it? Was it good or not so good? Yeah, I thought there was some good stuff, but I also okay. thought there was some stuff where I was like, well, how would you know? Right. right? So like right. some of the financial red flags is that they're hiding money or they're in a lot of debt. And it's like, yeah, like, okay, fine. Once you like get to know someone, maybe you can get like a sense, like something fishy is going on, or I don't know where they're getting the money to spend on that kind of stuff. Once you know, like financial background, but I would not call those like hiding in plain sight. Like you wouldn't necessarily know that, especially if you're like on the first few dates with someone that you're getting to know. So I'm really interested in people learning the red flags that you can see Right there, right. Um, because usually they're like the tips of the icebergs to other issues. So the number one, and I think I truly do think this trumps everything, is just a lack of ability or willingness to talk about money. Yes. Um. And especially when it's like, oh, I don't want to kill the vibes, or like, oh, let's not talk about that. Like, um. Any and and like they kind of like try to make it seem like, oh, but they're just trying to like be romantic with me and not want to talk about something dirty like money or. Not like in a sexual way, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I'm just like, no, no, that is that is like that is like the biggest financial red flag that I can think of. And you can see that as early as date one, you
2: know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And is there something that a green flag that we would look out for? Like what is so if kind of like a red flag, which I you know, I feel like anybody who's not willing to talk about kind of just the 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 normal things that are important in relationships and money being one of them, right. Uh, is, is a red flag. What, what do you feel like is a green flag that you see somebody doing while you're dating?
1: Well, one, just like a willingness to, to talk about an openness to talk about it, a comfort around talk or talking about, about money. I really appreciate like any kind of like thinking, thinking through money, right? Like, um, I always, I always talk about how, early on in dating, at least in my experience, it's a little bit more expensive than your normal day-to-day life might be, right? Like, I mean, maybe right. I'm just talking as an introvert because I am an introvert. I'm like, oh, I have to go to see people. I'm like, oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I'm not the one that's like always hitting up like the clubs or the bars or going out to dinner all the time. Cause it's just not my, just not my locale. So for me, like dating was a lot more expensive. And so I think just having like a conversation, like, Hey, like, you know, we've been dating for Gone a few dates. Um, How do you feel like current levels of spending are like? Are you comfortable with it? Would you like to pull back and maybe focus more on like, I was living in DC. So, like, the zoo and the museums and all that stuff are free. So, that's a little different. But, you know, just having a conversation around like the kind of money that we're spending on dating right now and, you know, more or less are about the same. Like, where, where do they feel? And if they have like an answer that clearly shows that they think about where their money goes, where they don't spend money, where they do spend money, I think that's all. That, I mean, to me, that's the biggest green flag there is because you're not going to find someone that has the exact same financial or money values as you do. You're not going to find someone who loves to spend money on the same categories you love to spend money on. Um, <clears throat> and I think you can even have um, uh, partners with like different saving or investing or just managing money styles, which my husband and I do, which I'm happy to talk about. Um, uh, but um, But I think that as long as there's like, a willingness and an ability to just have a conversation without it being like a thing. I mean, to me, I'm like, you know, green flags ahead, like, like keep moving forward. I, th- I think you're in good shape.
2: And I mean, I think that like you're you're talking about a topic near and dear to my heart, which is I think dating should be like we should be aiming more for like creative or action dates than expensive dates. Yeah. Especially especially early on, you know? Right. Because I mean, you know, ultimately with things like online dating or just we're dating a lot of different people versus what would have maybe happened, you know, 75, 100 years ago. And so I just don't think anybody should have to like get a part-time job to afford to date. Right. You know, I really encourage, I really encourage, you know, like coffee dates or ice cream dates. Or just even, you know, like I said, more like, you know, go bowling. That's not, you know, crazy expensive. And it mm-hmm. just, uh, it doesn't feel as romantic, but you're going to learn a shit ton more. And honestly, once again, money should never get in the way of early dates in my mind, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like somebody should not have to sit here and feel like they are throwing a ton of money down just to get to know you.
1: Totally. I I completely agree. And I think... um, one thing that a lot of women see as green or red flags is whether, especially in heterosexual dating, like if the guy pays or offers or that whole thing. And like, if the guy pays, whatever, you know, I I do think it's a good etiquette to offer to split or to pay your part or whatever. Um, But I think a lot of times, I mean, there can be some red, there can be some red flags with his, if, if he doesn't offer, not because he should, Right. So like what I've noticed sometimes is um, women will get frustrated if they, um, oh gosh, how do I put this into, I'm trying to Oh, you could
2: listen, (laughs) just put it because I'm pretty vocal (laughs) on pay for your own shit for the first couple of days. Yeah,
1: no, I, I totally am too. I totally am too. But I I think though that um, here's the thing. I think that a lot of men feel like, why do I keep paying for all these one date wonders essentially maybe maybe two or three date window which i think is a fair frustration on on their part but instead of just being like a grown-up about it and saying hey do you mind if we split this or something like that just having a normal conversation asking a normal question um there's like this weird like well i'm not gonna grab the bill or i'm gonna like try to get there early and order my drink first and then sit down (laughs) and pay for you know what i mean like there's just like clearly they don't want to pay for it, but rather than like to me, that's a red flag, right? Not because they're not paying for it, but because of the behavior that's going on around it. So um I just wanted to bring that up because I'm always asked it <laughs> around paying. I, and is it oh. a red flag if they don't pay? And I'm like, it depends how they're playing it.
2: <laughs> and to me, like, and you know, and I know, like I I have really spun away against traditional. But yeah. I also think that there is a couple of things that are are pretty shitty slash toxic when we talk about people paying, or especially guys paying. Number one, yeah. that expectation. Number two, um, the expectations they sometimes have because they've paid, like yes. yes, like this kind of this like I I actually did a podcast recently where one of my one of my former clients went on a date. Um, you know, kind of all the traditional he asked her out, he paid for it. And at the end of the night, when she was not interested in staying, he played the really, but I bought you dinner in a movie card. And she was like, Oh, fuck no. But the thing is, is that I think that on some level, you know, we are we are seeing people and and guys regularly who are who think that you owe them something. And I yeah. mean, I just think as a woman like just own you know like if you're going up for ice cream or coffee it's not a big deal you pay for yourself because let's keep this on the evil you know level playing field for a while because mm-hmm. you don't want to owe that person anything you don't want them to be i mean for the guys who then ask for half their money back after you reject them like bullshit like that like just <laughs> get it out of the, i didn't know? know that
1: happened oh my gosh
2: oh no. my god oh no it's it happened like somebody shared a story Like last week about how they went on a date, Uh, that person was shitty and inappropriate and a couple of different things, you know, took them out to like this really, really nice dinner, all of this stuff. And then when, uh, when my person said that they weren't interested, they're like, okay, well, dinner was actually pretty expensive. Here's your half. You know, why don't you Venmo me when you have a chance? And that is not the first time I've heard that. It's not the last time I think oh, I'll wow. hear that. And to me, that is 17 layers of bullshit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And this is where it is helpful to have those intangible aspects with money. Like like we're talking about that money house in, in order. Because I do find like if you are incredibly uncomfortable with money or you, could, or you call yourself quote unquote bad with money, then I do think you're more susceptible to be like, well, maybe he had a point. Absolutely. Right. Um, And it's like, no, (laughs) not at all. Like he, he has obviously his own stuff with money and he's projecting onto you, like, let that be his stuff, not yours. Right. And so the more you have at least that awareness, that knowledge, those terminologies, um, then it's much easier to just see bad behavior for what it is, which is bad behavior.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. So tell me this. So You know, what red flags and green flags, you know, are they willing to talk about it? Are they having kind of open and thoughtful conversations about it? Before we get into a relationship or as we're getting into a relationship with somebody, what do you think, what conversations do you feel like we need to have at that point for finances to not get in the way? Well, you need
1: to bring your banks or your pay stubs. You need to bring your... No, I'm just kidding.
2: Okay. I'm I was like, kidding. listen, I talked about this so little for a second. I was like, oh, is she for real? Okay, fuck. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding.
1: Um, no, you don't need to bring your pay stubs or your credit score or your bank account information. No, you don't need any That's of that good. stuff. Um, <laughs> that doesn't mean, though, money is a taboo topic for later either. <laughs> right. Right. So I think... Um, well, money conversations started on day one, in my opinion. Just with what we're talking about like hey do you mind if we go dutch on this or whatever You right. split it like that is literally a money conversation is it a big money conversation in terms of like how you want money to create the life you want or the world you want or like what kind of house you want like no we're talking about like 10 bucks versus like what however much money right, stuff right, costs, right, right. right but you work up the ladder to those bigger conversations literally the bigger numbers um And if those are your first conversations you're having with someone, look, you might be one of the lucky ones. (laughs) And you're just both like on the same page. You're both good with money. It's like your values are congruent and like you are a lucky
2: gal. I feel like that's not ever going to happen. I feel like one person's a bit of a disaster. I'm the disaster in our relationship slightly when it comes to re- when it comes to money. I've I've worked on it a lot. My story and everything. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think that anybody is. Yeah, I think that there's probably always going to be somebody who's, you know, we we have a lot of people lose jobs, people, you know, things, things happen. So yeah. What, what, what else do you think that they should be? So,
1: so I, so I mentioned earlier, just having a conversation around, it can be as early as date two, three, maybe four. Um, How do you feel about current levels of spending or what kind of money do you want to spend? Like, do you want to keep things a little less expensive for right Right. now? Um, So that's again, a money conversation that you can have very, very early on. Questions that you can ask as early as the first date, my two favorite ones. Um, one is what would you do if it won the lottery? Yes. Um, I love this question. I honestly like will still ask this question to my husband from time to time because I don't know, it's fun. Um, but I like this question because it really shows it, doesn't really give you a sense to their day-to-day spending or how they relate to the money they have now. Um, because the lottery is, you know, typically like a life-changing amount of money you can retire right. you can buy houses you can start a foundation you can do whatever you want right um but that really does begin to paint a picture of what do they value like in their lives and in the world and what do they want to use their money or how do they want to use their money to express those values and so like if they're like oh man i'd buy like 50 ferraris <laughs> i'd be like Cool. I, I don't know what to say here. <laughs> um, but if they talked about like wanting to pay off like all their family members' debt, and then wanting to buy themselves like a nice house and set themselves up for life, and then maybe start a foundation for something they're passionate about, like okay, that's that sounds actually pretty similar right. to what I'd want to do. Like that's cool. Um, so I love that question, and again, I it's do a too, fun. Actually. Yeah. yeah, it's a fun get to know you. You could ask us on like the texting or the phone call before you even like, you know, meet the da- the person. Yeah, you know? absolutely. If,
2: it, it says so much about values, right? I'm really yeah. into like fun, but thought, but questions that give you information, right? Yeah. And that is one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, and then the other question, which sounds similar but it's not, is what would you do with an extra five thousand dollars?
2: So like, like like right now or monthly or like, okay. Yeah.
1: Like, like I just handed you a check for $5,000. What would you go do? And I love this question because this is going to tell you more about how they think about the money they have now. Right. Because $5,000, well, um, for most people, that's still like a significant amount of money. It's not a life-changing amount of money. No one's retiring off of 5,000. No one's buying a dream house for 5,000 or Ferrari or whatever. But you could pay off significant amount of debt, or you could go on a, you know, a fairly nice vacation, or you could um, put that money into your retirement accounts, or you could do a little bit of everything or whatever, right? And so this is going to tell you, like, what do they know about their finances now and how are they optimizing it? Right. Um, and so this can give you a little bit more of a sense of like, do our kind of like our management styles align? Like, are they a big spender? or comfortable with having like constant 10k of credit card debt um or do they try to keep consumer debt low and you know I absolutely know, invest yeah. or whatever um and then you can just decide if that works for you or not right or if that feels in alignment and again these are just like low pressure fun money conversations that by the way you need to be ready to answer yourself because if you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> then they're, you know, they're, they're able to ask you back. So make sure you've got an answer yourself. Um, so it's not just like a job interview question. It's really like truly getting to know you back and forth kind of questions. Um, but these are just easy questions to get the money conversation like going. Cause here's what I say about money. Like you can hate money all you want and you can hide your head in the sand, but you make money decisions every single day,
2: whether not you're acknowledging it or not. Right. Exactly.
1: Every time you log into Netflix, you have like decided on that day, you're going to continue to pay for that account. Well, maybe you're mooching it for someone, but you know what I mean? Like call, call it something else. If it's not Netflix, but like you make money decisions every single day and to think that money is taboo or you can't or shouldn't talk about it until much later on or until you're talking about going on a vacation together for the first time or moving in together I try not to say like, you're doing something wrong. I just try to say you're skating on thin ice.
2: <laughs> yeah. Let's
1: just put it that way. <laughs> like, it's just risky. You might be fine, but like, probably not.
2: <laughs> well, and before we make, and before we make, you know, rash decisions about that relationship, you know, I I just think that we should be having some of these conversations, right? Before yeah. we dive it. I mean, I'm not, I'm into taking it slow, but you know, it gets really easy to like somebody. And I feel like this absolutely needs part be part of the conversation. And it's just not yeah. as much, right? We're just kind of like, you know, and if you've been single for a long time, you might be like, well, I've got my stuff over here and they can have their stuff over there. And I'm not saying that that's bad or good. Like if that's what you guys work out, like there's stuff that Danny and I combine and there's stuff that we keep separate. Yeah. And, you know, that's what works for us. But I think that's also... The important thing of what you're always going to say and what I'm always going to say is, you know, learn how to have a conversation around it. Yeah. You know, try to like try to do enough work around it that you don't have shame around it so that you are scared to talk about it. Right. And what and what do you think? And, and, you know, this is like Veronica, like what do you kind of work with women on to help them with that?
1: I like people to know. I think a really great starting place is um this idea of every penny has a purpose. So whether you spend it, whether you save it, whether you invest it, or whether you give it away, you know exactly where it's going and why. Um, and so this is just like a flowery way of saying you have a budget. Right. <laughs> it's um <but> very I, <laughs> nice. Very nice. But I think I think it really like. I know budgets are like, Oh God, a budget. Like <laughs> I hear you, but well, I hear all of the, the, well, I guess I don't hear it right now, but all the people listening think like, Oh God. Um, however, you know, cause when it comes to relationships, I really don't care if someone combines finances hundred percent, if they do a little hybrid or keep everything hundred se- percent separate, I think all three can be beautiful models as long as they work for that individual couple um, but I think having every penny have a purpose really helps to be the foundation for whatever system you want to build, both with yourself and then with a potential partner, again, in whichever way you want to do in terms of like the actual like accounting <laughs> of it all. Um, but I think that, let's see, there's a few reasons why, or a few reasons why why every penny has a purpose is so powerful. One is because you probably have more money than you think you do. A lot of people will. <laughs> I would love like, that to be the truth. <laughs> well, um, when when you don't have a purpose for your money, like every penny, then you're much more susceptible to blowing it on something that may or may not optimize your joy that you could get right. out of it. Right. Right. You know, and then all of a sudden, such as working
2: you're... with us, Veronica, <laughs> yeah. and right?
1: So, and so then, all of a sudden, there's something you want to do, and you're like, "Damn, I don't have the money for it." And then this feeds this narrative, right? Right? And so, um, so I think that's one of the most part- like, and this is like the tangible stuff, like the intangible stuff we talked about earlier in terms of like your relationship with money, clearing your money story, all that kind of stuff. Um, but in terms of like the tangible piece of it, that I think it's always going to be evolving. It's always going to be changing. This is not something you set in stone because you change like hopefully you're getting raises maybe new jobs maybe you have some side income coming from somewhere um life events happen you move somewhere you buy versus rent or you rent versus buy or you get married or you have a kid or like whatever like life events will happen so like where those pennies are going will will change so this is something that like i think that everyone should just have a habit of looking at like at least once a quarter Oh, this once a quarter is good um and just like is this working for me like does this pay? it's it's kind of like the same idea as oh god, what's her name? Does this bring me joy?
2: Recondo. Oh, sparks joy. Yes, Ricondo, <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: And look, I understand it's not fun to pay your electricity bill or your car insurance or like whatever. Like I get it. You have to just eat a shit sandwich sometimes. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but um, you know, if you can like optimize the absolute needs, again, electricity bill, <laughs> you know, somewhere to live. All things the like things, that. right, right. Um, but then really spend some time and take and, and some and put some thought into how can this penny bring me the most amount of joy and like really be that intentional about it. Um I think that's a beautiful foundation for yeah. money and within yourself, but then also within a relationship. I always say that money is just a tool. Um it's just like a hammer. It can build a house, it can kill somebody, right? So what are you using your money for? Not saying you're not saying you're killing somebody with your money, but like, is your money just like a way for you to like cope with stress or anxiety or filling an empty void or whatever, or can you really use it as something as a tool to like create this life? And yeah, maybe like maybe you do need to expand the amount of pennies that you have. That's fine. But then like from there, I feel like it's so much easier to close the gap as opposed to like not really knowing where your money goes and then you're like, oh, I just need more. And it's like, okay, but yes, and for for what? And for what purpose? And how will that help you specifically rather than just like filling in the void again and again and again? And I think this can happen both individually, but they can also happen within a couple. I think this is why people get into financial trouble, like opening up a credit card or buying a house with somebody. Um, because like, oh, this makes us real or this makes it legit or this makes it, you know, something, you know, whatever that void is right within the relationship that you're looking to, to fill. But if you can do that for yourself within yourself with literally where you're putting your pennies, then, um, I think you're just less susceptible to that kind of stuff. I don't think I, I answered your question or not. <laughs>
2: I, it did. and And it's mostly just like the truth of self-awareness and yeah. you know what I mean? And just living and like dating with intention, right? Yeah. Like looking at something enough to never let it be the shame or the guilt you know what i mean like yeah like taking care of it enough that you it's never something that's in in the way from love yeah totally if that makes sense totally
1: and by the way like my husband and i have completely separate accounts we don't have one shared account and that's because i'm a i I will admit i go over and beyond. In terms of how I organize my money and it's a little too much for him. He's like, I can't take this, but you can do whatever you want as long as it's right within yourself.
2: Right. And, and, and with your partner, and that's the thing that people sometimes are like, you know, well, so what if I want them to pay because they make more money? And I'm like, then you figure that out when you're in a relationship.
1: Yeah. You talk about it.
2: Right. But that's not necessarily important when you're dating Veronica, this has been such a good, important, helpful conversation, Um, If people want to know more about you and working on their finances, whether they're single, whether they're in a relationship, how do they find you?
1: Well, the best place is, well, there's a couple places. I hang out on Instagram and TikTok pretty much every day. I'm Veronica E. Grant in both places, and I send a little daily money lesson out there. Um, But another free resource that I think um, your people might like is the Financial Checklist for this savvy woman um, that I put together. And basically what it is, is like, you probably heard or maybe not have heard of like, 401Ks, Roth, 529, savings accounts. Like, ah, what do I do? And when do I do it? Um, So the checklist takes you through all of those things like to do this. Well, you go through and you check off everything that you do and then you go back to the top of the list and you look at your unchecked items and then that becomes basically your to-do list. And i put it in a specific order so that it just makes sense, you know, in terms of like the financial perspective because people are like pay off debtors, find an emergency fund or whatever. So I got right. you. Um so you can download that over at veronicagrants.com forward slash checklist or mo- maybe it's money checklist. Veronagrants.com forward slash money checklist. I think they both go to the same place, but um it's totally free. And um yeah, those are the best places.
2: Awesome. Thank you for being here. This was really helpful. Um, you guys go follow Veronica she is one of my favorite people and she also knows a shit ton about love so she really adds that into her information Um, I'm a huge fan thank you for joining us and everybody just remember to meet love halfway thanks so much for having me